Welcome to the Legalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Sager, founder and CEO of Legalpreneur Inc. As a serial entrepreneur and someone that works exclusively with small business owners legally protecting their business, I'm dedicated to covering common legal issues faced by business owners, providing you with the business knowledge you need to catapult your business's growth and showing you just how some of the world's most elite entrepreneurs have handled these legal and business issues themselves. In true attorney fashion, the information in this episode is not legal advice. This is for informational purposes only, and you should always consult with your attorney before implementing any of the information in the show. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Legalpreneur Podcast. I have a very special guest today, Melissa Houston, and she is going to dive in, tell us her story, tell us about some of her clients and her her story and her finance background and how the legal stuff can help or hurt you. So Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Yes, yes. So let's get started. Tell everybody how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I am a CPA, which is a chartered professional accountant. And I have over 20 years of experience. So I started off working in the corporate world. And recently, literally, like a little bit over two years ago, now I went out on my own. And what I do is I help business owners manage the the money in their business so that they're optimizing profit and keeping more money in their pockets. So I'm all things financial. I love to help people learn and understand how to manage their money so that, you know, it works to their advantage. I love that. I love that. And so when did you get started doing what you're doing now? So doing my own business was literally just as the pandemic hit, right? So I was in business for maybe a month and then the pandemic hit. So I don't know anything different. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just the way it rolled out. And, you know, part of what got me here was that you know, spending over 20 years helping people, helping business owners and project managers, and whether it was corporate or public accounting or wherever I was at the time, the common thread I always noticed was that people really lack the financial understanding of how to make their business as profitable as it can be. So that's what I really wanted to do was to go out there and help business owners and entrepreneurs with managing their finances, because it's far too often that I see business owners who don't even know if their business is profitable or not. And the reason why we exist in business is to be profitable. Exactly. Yeah. And part of what I do is not just, you know, creating profit, which is a huge part of it, but looking at their business plan and ensuring that it's not just about making money, but ensuring that their risks are being mitigated. So clearly, this would apply to what you do, because so many business owners are not fulfilling, for lack of a better word, fulfilling their legal obligations, right? And it's such a good topic to talk about, because if you're not investing in the legal side up front, because I mean, I'm an accountant, I understand people look at us, both of us, <laughs> we're legal in accounting, where it's like, that can wait, that can wait, you know, there's so much money that has to go out, especially at the beginning of a business, and you tend to put things aside, because they're not a priority. However, your legal costs are definitely a priority. Because if you think about the other side 
of the situation where if you're not protected legally and something happens, that is a huge financial mess that you get yourself into. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So starting in business, right? When the pandemic happened. So do you have, like, did you plan on having an office and then like the world shut down or or were you virtual? (gasps) Oh my gosh. So I'm okay. I'm really curious. How did that work out? Like, I'm sure you had a landlord. So how did that work out? Well, thankfully, I didn't get into an agreement. I had been looking Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic hit. So that was definitely (gasps) a blessing in disguise, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But then, you know, we're all working out of our house. So there's my husband and my two teenage kids who were going to college at the time. And everybody's trying to find their place in the house and get themselves organized. And we were all getting on each other's nerves Mm -hmm. and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But we, we managed through it. And you know, we've got some somewhat of a routine now. But um, it was definitely challenging. But it also really helped because it helps me reach more people being on, Mm -hmm. you know, online and, Mm -hmm. you know, through Zoom and the the wonders of technology, that I could grow my client base a lot quicker than I would have done locally. Yeah. And so I'm curious, how... How are you finding those first clients when you first launched? Yeah, so it was just a lot of, you know, um, getting in there into other people's groups, um, yep. anybody who had an audience, any professional associations yeah. that may need my services, getting in there, talking to them, holding my own master classes, mm-hmm. um, you know, using social media to my advantage and just really trying to attract the type of clients that I want to work with. And then, you know, about six or eight months into it, I started writing for a large publications such as Forbes.com. That's awesome. And and such. So that really helped me reach even a larger audience. And now I'm working on a book. I got a publishing deal, which I'm super excited about. Oh, that's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, we're working on a book that's going to be released May 16th, 2023. And that'll still increase my reach. So I'm always doing things where I'm really trying to pull in as many people as I can in different ways. Mm -hmm to get them to be more aware of the importance of managing the money in their business and their personal finances as well. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Congrats, by the way. Like that's (laughs) huge. I I think by your reaction, you know how hard it is, right? (laughs) Yes. I didn't even try to get a publishing deal. I was, well, part of it was also for my book. It's going to be out in October. Congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. Yeah. Self-publishing. I actually have a ghostwriter because I was like, I feel very called to get this out right now. I don't want to go look for a publisher. Like I want this out now. I want this out yesterday. (laughs) So I was like, we're just going to do this and get it out there. Um, but that is huge. Like I know, and I know how exciting that is to get the deal and to know like, wow, like somebody's actually paying me to write a book. Like that is awesome. (laughs) So congrats. That is, that's a huge feat. So I want to hear more about how you work with clients. So do you, I know you're a CPA, not all CPAs actually do taxes. I know it sounds like you might just do helping them with their profits. What, so tell us more how you work with clients. Yeah. So what I noticed a huge gap in the market was, you know, large corporations always have a chief financial officer, right? So they're there to help guide and do financial strategies and growth strategies and, you know, analyze numbers and tell you what's going on, you know, with your finances, what's going well, what isn't, where you can make changes and such. So I wanted to bring that to the smaller and medium-sized businesses. So I do that in two different ways. One is I do it for one-on-one coaching 
And I, you know, have working relationships, working with them one-on-one, helping them, showing them how to manage their finances. And then the other way I do it is as offering like a part-time fractional CFO service where I do it for you, but you know, this is this is an ideal situation for smaller and medium-sized businesses who don't need a full-time CFO and it's more cost-effective as well. So those are the two ways that I help my clients. Nice. I love that. I love that because especially as a small business owner, so we're going, I'm definitely like in a transition going from like small business from like the law firm to now transitioning into corporate where we literally are making that transition where it's not just me. Like we literally have investors. We have like, it's a whole, whole new ball game that I'm in. Yeah. And even the finance part of it is just a whole new ball game. So having somebody on your side is really, really helpful because especially at the end of the day, investors eventually will want to see profits. So yeah, they care about the numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's it's crazy because you go from, uh, I go from the law firm where I'm like, oh my gosh, such a heart-centered entrepreneur. I want to make sure everybody's taken care of. And still, it is 100% still that way with legalpreneur. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, my true client now is the investor, making the investors happy. So yeah. Well, congratulations on that transition. Thank you. Thank you. So I would love to hear more about you, your family life. Like it sounds like you said you have a couple of teenagers, you're married. So how has, I would love to hear about that transition going from corporate with kids to now being your own boss, because I, so I, uh, I've always been an entrepreneur and I have two little ones, mine are three and five. And I would just love to hear like having teenagers, like how, what is that like with, you know, being the entrepreneur now? Yeah. I mean, your stage that you're at right now, three and five, that's so fun. And it feels like forever ago (laughs) for me, right? Because my kids are, 18 and 19, just about oh to gosh. turn 19 and 20, right? Ah! Yeah. So when I started, they were both finishing high school. And um, so I think for them, it was a really good role model to watch their mother transition from, okay, I'm working a job where it really doesn't feel like it's my passion and it's time for me to make a change. So they got to witness that. They got to witness a lot of the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur. They got to see that it's not always easy, that it takes a toll. It's not for the faint of heart. And I'm really grateful that I'm not going to lie that they're older and they didn't need me as much because it allowed me to focus so much more of my time and attention on building the business because building the business is literally a 24-7-365 job, right? Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to you for for being an entrepreneur and having two little ones because I honestly don't know where you find the time. (laughs) It's not easy. Well, I will say now it is, it's a hundred percent because I have a good team like 100%. It would not be possible without a team. And, but uh, one of the things now that I'm, so I'm divorced now, but even like first going through that transition of realizing, okay, my marriage isn't going to work. And then Mm. actually leaving, that was a huge transition with kids because I was the breadwinner. I'm the one that's traveling. I'm the one, like literally the roles were reversed. And so I had to deal with the backlash of being the mom that would travel. And it's like, you know what? I, I don't care because if I was a male, 
nobody would bat an eye. Nobody would say anything. So So I've had to own up to that and be unapologetic about wanting to grow my business, about wanting uh, to build this future ultimately for the kids. So I... I love the age that they're in right now. And actually, so we have Legalpreneur Live later this year. And so my son is going to be starting kindergarten in August. And I was going to bring just my daughter to the conference. I was like, oh, that'll be so cool for her to see, you know, the conference, see mommy on stage. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring him too. I will let him miss school. Like that's, I feel like that's a huge thing to like, just show them a whole completely different side of life because like going through the education system, like and even the nine to five, like they just need to see this whole other side of things besides just going to work nine to five every day and then coming home and same routine every day. Like I just want them to see there's more to life than just doing the same thing over and over every day. I love that. That is such great exposure for your kids. And don't you wish you had that when you were younger? Yes. Yes. I was, <laughs> yes. So my best friend, she's our COO. And I was telling her, I, I, it was actually on the phone call with her when I was like, you know what? No, I can bring Thomas. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to bring Allie and because Thomas will be in school. And then we were both like, no, they both need to be there and both experience and see, oh, this is what mommy does for work because they hear all the time like, oh, mommy's working. Mommy has to go here for work. Mommy has to travel here for work. And so they're always like, mommy, wh- where are you? What are you doing for work? And now they'll, they'll get to see it. So yeah, that's that's amazing. Yes. So, okay. I know you have a couple of stories to tell about what can happen when you don't actually take care of the finance, the legal stuff. Yeah. Let's talk first about like not having insurance in your business, right? So that's a big one. And, you know, typically that's a couple of thousand dollars, depending on what you're doing, you know, um, what you, what kind of services you offer, And, you know, a couple thousand dollars a year for a new startup may seem steep. But what happens, I mean, and you can speak to it more than I can from the legal side. But if something were to happen, that $2,000 would be the best investment that you made, because it protects you from potentially losing thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on what you're up against. And hindsight's always 2020, right? (laughs) And at that point, it's a little too late to go get the insurance to cover all your your legal necessities. So whenever I'm working with clients, and we're going over their books, that's one of the first things I look at, does my client have business insurance? Because I would hate to see something happen on the other end where they didn't, and they weren't covered. And it just becomes an ultimate ordeal. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that insurance, like, of course, if you have a brick and mortar store and you have insurance, somebody trips and falls in the br- the store, the insurance is going to pay for their, their damages. But people don't also realize if you have insurance, typically not only will they pay the damages, they'll also pay an attorney to fight it for you. That's mm-hmm. the biggest benefit because people think, oh, I have this legal protection or I, I don't, I'm not just not going to worry about it. But at the very least, at least have some insurance because even if you do get sued or if, even if it's a frivolous lawsuit, like there's no bearing to it, they have, don't even have a leg to stand on, you still have to pay an attorney to fight that. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. if you have insurance, the insurance actually pays the attorneys to fight it for you. And that's, I mean, legal fees alone in a lawsuit can bury a company in no time. Exactly. It's such a huge cash outlay, mm-hmm. you know, especially for startups. So oh, so that's yes. definitely, you know, a lot of what I do is looking at, you know, way to mitigate risks and legal mm-hmm. is definitely always on top. Any other horror stories that you've seen from either in your own business or when you were in corporate? Yeah. So another thing is not trademarking. So that's a big one, right? Mm -hmm. Where people have spent years and years building up their business and their reputation and they never trademarked anything. And then, as you would know, what happens when somebody has already trademarked something and they come Mm -hmm. after you for using their name or, you know, I mean, you know, the legal jargon. Um. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that, trademark infringement. I just actually had a call on this this morning and I was telling a group of business owners like trademark infringement is not just when it's the same exact name. It is when there is any name similar enough to similar goods and services and consumers might be confused if consumer, if there's an inkling of possibility that consumers could be confused as to what business is this, is it this person or that person, that is probably trademark infringement. And you have to make sure that you're protecting yourself against that no matter what. Mm-hmm. So having that trademark, um, the legal side of it done, protects you from all the financial assets that mm-hmm. you're building in your business. So that is yeah. really important and not to be swept under the rug. Because if you, yeah. like you said, like the, the trademark infringement, if you get what sued for that, is that the yes, proper yeah. terminology? So mm-hmm. you're going to lose a whole bunch of money if you have to go through a court case and pay all your legal bills and stuff. And then if you were to lose the financial assets that you've spent building. So the initial cash outlay is far smaller than what the what could be the cash outlay on the other end of the deal. Absolutely. And even even more so with trademarks, you may not even get sued, but if another party has the trademark registration, they can petition your social media, your website, any online presence that you have, they can just have it removed. So it's not even that they give you the opportunity to change your name. They can just submit their registration to Instagram, Facebook, WordPress, Squarespace, wherever your website is, they can petition it and say, hey, look, this is trademark infringement. Here's my trademark registration. And your stuff's just removed. You have no opportunity to even fight it. So you're literally wiped out. Yep, exactly. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, that's a hard consequence. Yeah, and for small business owners, like a lawsuit like that's more damaging than even a lawsuit because you may not even have a dime for the lawsuit. And so they know there's no point in that, but if they can go and just remove your stuff online, that's more beneficial for them and more detrimental to you. So always, always, always please make sure you're taking care of those trademarks. (laughs) And what about incorporation? Because often that's another thing I look at for the limited liability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So always I suggest at least an LLC as soon as possible, because that's what separates the personal liability protection from the business. And the LLC is typically the best option for small businesses. The only time I really suggest a corporation is when 
there you plan on having investors because then you get you have the board and that just gives more management and oversight but if it's just going to be a closely held company where there's just one or two owners really all you need is an LLC because you get the same protection without as much maintenance and fees and paperwork involved nice yeah these yeah. are things that they're you know not traditional financial management stuff but it does still fall under that yeah. umbrella absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. so what are some finance tips or quick tips that you can give whenever you're educating in different audiences? What can you give our audience? Yeah. So when I meet with clients, like I'm not teaching you how to be an accountant or a bookkeeper. What I do is high level training. You as the CEO of your business should understand, you know, what's going on financially in your business. And I worked through this cash confident framework. It's a five-step framework that I offer people. And actually it can be downloaded on my website as well. If you go to melissahoustoncpa.com, you can grab the five-step roadmap to biz finance freedom, but it outlines the five things that you really need to be aware of as a business owner and quickly going through it. One is mindset, which is a huge one because money mindset can really hold business owners back if it's negative, and most people do have negative money stories. And then the second is knowing your financial reports. And then the third, and this is my favorite, is creating a financial plan for your business so you can grow your business and ensure that while you're growing it, it's remaining profitable. And then the fourth is measuring your progress against that plan that you've created, because there's no point in having a plan if you're not going to look at how you're doing against that plan, right? And then the fifth one is ensuring that you've got a cash management system in place because 82% of businesses fail due to financial mismanagement. So if you can get those five steps in order, you've got a really good chance of creating that viable business that's going to be around for the long term. Amazing. And you do, you help clients with this, like helping them coach through more of like a DI, like them doing it themselves than you have like the done for you. I, yeah. So what I do is I coach the DI or sorry, I coach the one-on-one mm-hmm. and I have a maintenance program where we meet each month and we look at their reports and we go through them. It's like having a, a CFO working for you, mm-hmm. but because you're so, you're a smaller business and you don't have as much work to do, there's not a lot of need to go behind the scenes and do a whole bunch of work in the right. back, right? That's just more for businesses who are at the seven figure and beyond who really mm-hmm. need that fractional CFO. So I'm there to guide them and give them financial tips and show them like, you know, this is what happened in your business last month. Yeah. You probably need to stop this to increase your profit margins and, you know, increase your profit in the coming months. So there's just, you know, a lot of tailored guidance for each client that I have. Nice. That's not, that sounds like something we need. We, we, I mean, I've been, I've always done fine on our own, but now it's like, I feel like we're getting there to the next level. Cause we are, you know, now we are a corporation. We're like, we're scaling, we're growing, we're need a lot more help. So yeah, it gets a lot more confusing and there's a yeah. lot more stuff going on and yeah. Keeping it all straight. Yep. Yep. Well, Melissa, this has been amazing. I am so grateful to have had you on the podcast today and don't worry, we will link that cash confident framework in the show notes. But where else can we find you online, Melissa? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. And it's at Melissa Houston CPA. 
And then on Facebook, Melissa Houston. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Well, you guys, we'll link everything in the show notes. Go check her out. Get that cash confident framework and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Here at Legalpreneur, we're committed to providing a supportive legal community for all business owners. I know how scary the legal stuff can be. If you found this information helpful, I would be so grateful if you could share it with a fellow business owner. And quite frankly, it doesn't cost anything to rate, review, or subscribe to the show. Your support helps me reach more listeners, which allows me to support more business owners in their entrepreneurial journey. Have any questions or comments about the show? feel free to drop me a line on Instagram. I promise I read all of the messages and comments. And if you want to be a guest on the show or know someone that would make a great guest, simply fill out our application form and a team member will reach out if we think it's a good fit. I'll see you in the next episode.